Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Jiminy Christmas. I can say that because as I'm recording this, it's around Christmas time. Welcome, everybody, to the Business Chef Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Chef Sean Boucher. And man, oh man, do we have a great show for you today. Not only do we have a great show, but we have a huge, huge milestone to celebrate today. And first and foremost... I have to say thank you. I have to say thank you to everybody out there because, geez, you guys are awesome. You guys and gals, let me get that straight because, wow, we have had a phenomenal, phenomenal year, our first year. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. And thank you for allowing us to do something that is awesome. So without further ado, I'm going to bring back somebody who came on our very first show a year ago, and we got a ton of feedback about having him on. So, put your hands together for Mr. Ron Sabatino. The man, the myth, the legend sitting next to me, Mr. Ron Sabatini of Healthcare Culinary who has just recently been, well, not, I wouldn't even say recently, because this last year you've been all, all over the world. Mm -hmm. I have. From Australia to most recently Abu Dhabi. So just, I'm, I'm very curious, and I think a lot of people would be very curious about your travels and lessons you've learned and just... I know that's a big question. I know there's a lot of a lot of pieces to that, but let's just just talk about this last year and and becoming self-employed and just some of the things that you've you've learned and gone through. Sean, thank you so much for having me back. It's, it's always a pleasure to work with you and speak with you and speak to the uh, the broadcast public. Um, so year two for me in my business, healthcare culinary consulting international. Uh, a little busier than year one. Um, you know, I've secured a few different clients abroad, uh, the Middle East, Australia. Um, I've got work here from manufacturers in the States. And then healthcare culinary coaching and management coaching for healthcare within the United States. Um, I most recently have returned from a two and a half week stint on the ground in the Middle East where I helped one of my clients in the Middle East, uh, who is a food service contractor, take over a new hospital. You know, not that indifferent than what happens here when uh, Morrison takes over from Sodexo or vice versa. So this particular client uh, likes having me around for those types of uh, big transitions because I bring I certainly bring a lot of that experience to the table. Um, I wear the chef coat with the American flags and the ACF on my arm. Um, I, I represent the U.S. and myself uh, while I'm there in my company, um, and I help them to make a lot of right decisions during the hospital transition and takeover. 
this particular trip had me both uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Um, I visited a bunch of receiver sites in Dubai, uh, four of them total, and actually designed satellite kitchens for one employee six days a week, 12 hours a day, who would be a receiver site for hospital food that would be delivered in, and they would make trays there. And then the bulk of the rest of my time was spent at the other facility in Abu Dhabi, uh, a women's and children's hospital called Danat Al Amarat. Um, and it was probably one of the most amazing pieces of work of my career to date. That's awesome. I, I think that uh, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that would love to work internationally. Probably a lot of people out there who are, are thinking, man, you know, do I, how do I sign up for that? How do I get involved in that? So, I mean, obviously you got involved in that through, you know, some of your other ventures previous to doing this, but, uh, for somebody who wants to travel abroad and, and get involved in things that are outside the United States, what are some of the hoops that they end up having to jump through? So what are some of the things that you've had to go through that maybe you didn't expect to have to go through? Well, I, I think uh, having a work visa on different continents is certainly can be a stumbling block. Um, it can also be a door opener. It's an eye opener for sure, which you have to do to go to, uh, to work in different places around the globe where some places were welcome with open arms as Americans and some not so much. The president of the United States who started the slogan, uh, America first, well, no sooner did he start that, uh, Australia decided Australia first, and Great Britain decided Great Britain first. So everybody who wants to be first then decided, well, you know, why do we have expats, what are called expatriates, coming into our country to do work? Why aren't we having our own countrymen do that work? So uh, to your point, Sean, there's a, there is a degree of difficulty today. Um, you know, if you've got a reputation, if you've got uh, certain skill sets and experience uh, that are desired, um, I believe that everyone in your listening base who has skill sets and, and experiences certainly have something that are worthy of uh, taking to another country. I believe that to be whole and true because as Americans, uh, most of us have fantastic work ethic and strive to succeed. Um, we also have really good business and skills and we're able to share a lot of what we know and what we've experienced and how it can be done in other places abroad. Um, you know, so certainly, you know, the visa things is a challenge. Um, it's all about what is it you're doing and, and how can you help someone else? So, you know, for me, there's a niche, right? I mean, healthcare food service, uh, the work I did all of my life and then the consulting work I did with a previous employer certainly made me an expert in healthcare food services. And because of that, and more specifically in the world of room service inside of a hospital, I am certainly an expert in that field on any continent. Um, that being said, the big boom that happened here in the United States is exploding elsewhere. Uh, Australia and the privatized hospital segments, those people want what we have for room service in hospitals. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, you think about the Middle East where they have more money than everyone, uh, and those people are uh, privileged uh, people. Uh, the private hospitals that are being built now and a lot are that are considering conversion. The room service wave is about to take over in the Middle East. And, and I like to think that I'm sitting in the right place to ride that wave on a nice big surfboard and work hard and help a lot of people achieve that. 
you know, you have to, like anything in life, I think you have to be very careful with what you ask for. Um, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, you get to go to all these great places. You go to Maui and you go here and you go there. And yeah, I mean, I've done work around the globe. That's true. But let me tell you what that means. You know, from to fly from Pennsylvania to Maui is an extremely long venture. And you work hard for four or five days and your sleep and your body functions that go along with your typical sleep are upside down when you get there and stay upside down for a few days. Then you fly back to another destination or to your original destination, your hometown, and it takes you days to get that back. In the in the case of the Middle East, I spent 24 hours traveling there on three different airplanes, and I spent 27 hours traveling back. And your head and your body and the functionality of your body, your ability to make sentences and string words together that make sense are somewhat challenged on these trips because you're not really sleeping well on an airplane. Uh, you're getting on and off for different stops. So, you know, there, it's not all like every one of us. There's things about our jobs we love and think are fantastic. And there's things about our job that we really wish we wouldn't have to go to. I, I just... The work I do in the Middle East with those folks from all over the world, those young culinary people who are all chefs in their own right, experienced in foods that I can barely pronounce, um, Sri Lanka, uh, Nepal, chefs from the Philippines are brought in to work in the Middle East. Um, that work is so fulfilling to me, and they give me such respect because... I enter their kitchen and I'm, I'm helping train them to the ways of healthcare, which is different from what they've all been trained to. And um, it's very challenging work. And some of the language barriers that uh, you will experience when you work abroad and how do you work with, around, and through those language barriers can be very challenging. Remember, we're there working <clears throat> typically to provide a service, produce a product, if you can't communicate, you can't play. Um, and that's a big piece of uh, being abroad is being able to communicate. And I don't speak uh, any particular language, but fortunately I have good communication skills either way. So in the world of a kitchen, we can communicate whether we uh, speak other languages or not. And to be honest, English is still the most predominant language in the entire world. What's interesting to me is how many of these folks have can speak you know, their own language plus English and maybe even other dialects. It is pretty amazing. I think, <clears throat> I think that there's a romanticized idea like you're talking about, about traveling abroad. I mean, for me, to be honest with you, traveling abroad really appeals to me personally. You know, if I'm sightseeing and I'm touring and I'm doing things that are enjoyable, working abroad has zero appeal to me because a, I'm a big dude. I do not fit on airplanes in a 24 and a 27 hour flight in no way interests me. I have a hard enough time when I've, you know, I'm flying across the country and we have to get de-iced and I'm on the runway for another hour. I mean, I'm, I'm going stir crazy just in the airplane then, but 27 hours. Oh, I just, it just, I had no desire, but one thing I, I love about, you know, everything that you've been able to do and everything that, that I've been able to learn from you is just, you know, it's interesting that you talk about how no matter what the language barrier, no matter what the geographic barriers, um, 
the cultural barriers, whatever those are, food is so connecting. And, um, and we were, you know, we were talking a little bit, uh, sidebar aside from this, that the chefs were so appreciative of you and you showed them so many things that they were making chocolate sculptures of you (laughs) kissing your hand. I mean, there's, it's just so, it's so fun. And it's so interesting to me that food is such a connector across all wavelengths and bounds and socioeconomic things. It's just, I mean, you've, you've got to experience that firsthand and you've made some lifelong friends. I have. It's it's extraordinary. The people who I met four years ago on my first trip to uh, the UAE, they were the ones who introduced me to WhatsApp so they could stay in touch with me. And literally, uh, I probably have 60 people who say hello to me every week or a couple of times a month or once a month from uh, around the world because of me meeting them and working with them and spending time training them um, in the UAE. Uh, it's 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 been wonderful in the relationships that I have forged with these people. And, um, you know, they they look at us as Americans as, as this iconic, iconic country and countrymen. And, you know, we live in the land of the free and you can tell the envy in their eyes and their hearts and and how they speak. And, um, you know, they want what we have. They want to be who we are. Um, but the connecting, the connecting piece, you know, despite all the other factors, you know, the differences, I'm significantly older than many of them. And, uh, but the food ties us all back together again and the love of food and some of them, what I believe, like myself, I'm a natural-born caregiver. I was put on earth to help fix healthcare food service, not only in our country as much as I can, but to share as much as I can around the globe as well. So here are all these chefs and culinarians that are actually taking jobs to feed their families back home, but each one of them is finding the caregiver in themselves as well um, and because of that, uh, the level of appreciation, respect they showed me was just extraordinary. I mean, I never expected to have my hand kissed multiple times like I was the godfather, <laughs> but they, you know, they just went to such extreme to show me respect and thanks. Uh, it was real, real heartwarming for me. Um, and I have to tell you, I would be remorse to not, uh, remiss to not say this. I absolutely learn as much, if not more, from all of these people around the globe uh, as I teach. And, and, and it might be more. It might be that I learned more than they did. Um, it's just an extraordinary time. But, you know, to that point, Chef, if anybody's really interested in finding out more about what I do uh, and how can they get involved, I am, uh, as always, I open my... my uh, my door wide to anyone. Uh, my number and my email are certainly available, and I would be honored to speak to anyone at great length and help people find their path as well. Well, and I appreciate your your willingness to share because I think sharing and 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 developing and encouraging the the next up and coming culinary generation is what it's all about. We we have to be the people that. Um, as you say, and, and I've a saying that I've adopted of yours for the years that we've worked together, you teach and preach and coach the the culture of inclusion and, and and mentorship and development and and I would definitely encourage anybody out there who, who is interested in learning more, who is interested in your story and things to, to reach out and find out what they can do. So just as a departing piece of guidance for those who are listening to this what do you want to tell 
the up and coming generation? What do you want to tell the people out there who are looking to improve? What are your, what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you can impart to us on that basis? Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I wish I had it written down before this interview so I could think about an answer, but off the cuff, um, hard work, hard work is the first and best way to achieve your goals and become noticed. Uh, be a person of integrity, do what you say you're going to do and mean what you say when you say it. Um, always be willing to help everyone, whether it's a recipe, a procedure, sound advice in life, you know, be a caregiver. I think everyone in the food service business in some way, shape or form has to find their inner caregiver. It's important. It, it makes us better customer service people and better hospitality people, whether we're in healthcare or any other division of, of food. Um, be happy. And I think most important praise Praise everyone around you. Praise people. Praise people who help you do what you need to get done. Encourage others. Celebrate successes, small, large. That's a mouthful. <laughs> well, it was definitely an off-the-cuff question and something I don't know that I had prepared you for. But it's it's interesting because I would love to go back and hear the first time we, we talked and hear some of your answers because I'll bet they'd be very similar. But at the same time, it also depends on where we're at in our careers and in the things that we focus on. So anyway, congratulations on all your success in, in your business and, and everything that you have going on and uh, look forward to continuing to keep up with everything that you're doing and uh, imparting, imparting your wisdom onto all of us. So thank you. It's my pleasure, Chef. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> I just have to say that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for me. I think it was a lot of fun for him. We It was a special time for both of us because we hadn't worked together in a long time and we were able to reconnect and we were able to sit and chat. And hopefully you enjoyed it. He's a wealth of knowledge. And as we were able to sit and reconnect, we were literally sitting next to each other in the car. So... <laughs> Thank you for sticking with us for the last year. Here's to many more. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food, Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.